0: or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode
1: in Her Space. The more we pour into ourselves,
0: the easier it is for us to bounce back. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about all the things that you've been through this year, right? Part of how you've been able to bounce back, and I've been a witness to it, Mm -hmm. part of how you've been able to bounce back is because you have made it a priority to pour into yourself. You have said. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Dr.
1: Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist. And Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just...
0: To anyone out there who's hurting, it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of strength. That quote comes to us from our forever president, Barack Obama. The notion of asking for help, that reminder that we don't have to do it alone is so important. And I think about it, it resonates a lot with me because over the last few weeks, we've gotten news of a couple of mental health professionals who committed suicide. One of them being one of the leaders in suicide prevention, what it does for me, what it brings up for me is it serves as a reminder that we all have to take care of ourselves and that the helpers need help too. And figuring out what does that really look like? One of the things that I think about We don't often ask people directly, how are you really doing? Are you suicidal? And if they say yes, how do we respond to them? Lady, if you're listening and that's something that you're thinking about, There is help out there. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline, we've provided that number on our show before, but I'll give it to you again. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. And 24-7, that line is available to you to talk to someone and get help. If you are at a space where you are thinking of taking your life, but you don't feel comfortable, safe enough, whatever it is that's keeping you from sharing it with the people in your world, know that there is always somebody out there who would be willing to listen. T, I know that's like, whew, it's pretty heavy.
1: It is. It's sad too, because I always think about people that are in those moments and I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I'm just like, I just wish I, you know, we could save them. You know, I just wish we could be there for them. And it, it, I think it takes a lot for someone to be in that place where you're like, you know what, I'm just ready to not be here anymore. You know, and people I think sometimes there are conversations around suicide where it's a bit victim blaming or you're like, oh, why would you do that? Your family loves you. But it's like when you're in a place where you are just over it and you're just tired and you don't see a way out. I don't think people are thinking about their family in that way, right? Or sometimes you're just like, I don't want to be a burden. And I think back to when I had, I was suicidal as a kid because of, you know, coming from like a rough upbringing in a very abusive household. My older sister and I, we would always, we would talk about that often. And like, we either wanted to run away or wanted to harm ourselves to escape what we were experiencing. Um, but I think in adulthood, the the last time I remember very vividly being suicidal was in college. And I had, my dad had passed away a month before I went away to school. Mm -hmm. And my mom and my grandmother, they ended up driving me up to college because I decided to continue on to school because I knew that if I didn't go, I probably wouldn't finish. And I was like, my degree is my ticket out of here, like out of poverty. I need to go to school and figure this out. So I ended up going away to college. And then about a year after, I believe, yeah, it was about a year after that, then my mom Got locked up, and so I was in school trying to figure out. Okay, how am I going to pay for school? Because I don't have my dad here, my mom's not here. I ended up filing as an independent in college, so that made that mean that meant I got a little bit more financial aid, but it still wasn't enough. I had to take out mad loans, and so at one point, they had sent out a notice saying, "Okay, in order for you to attend school this semester or this year, whatever it was, you have to. uh, We need ten thousand dollars from you." And I was just like, I barely have ten dollars in my bank account. I remember being so stressed out. About this invoice. And in my opinion and where I was in my journey, I felt like I was trying to take two steps forward and I would get kicked back like 10 steps. And it felt like every single time I tried to go forward, it was always something else. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, is something out in the universe saying like, we don't want you to make it because I I couldn't understand. And I believe I was 18 at the time and I was taking care of my younger siblings, driving home on the weekends to, you know, take care of them, make sure they were good while I was in school since our mom wasn't there. And one day I was home alone and I was just so overwhelmed. I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. If I get kicked out of school, there's nothing for me at home. What am I going to do? And I remember praying and crying and I was at home in my bathroom and I remember just crying on the bathroom floor. I was just over it and I was like, okay, I pulled myself up off the floor and I was like, I'm just going to go take all the medicine in my mom's medicine cabinet in her room. So I made my way out of my bathroom and I was on my way to her room And my little brother, I heard his voice outside. And so I stopped, looked out the window and I saw him running up to the house. I I stopped. I was like, I can't do this right now. Like they're coming home for some reason. And so I remember shutting my door and I cried on my floor because they were all coming in the house. I was like, okay, I need to have this moment by myself. And I just cried on the floor. And I was just I guess in that moment I found hope. And so for me, that hope was my why and that was my siblings. I began to look at life differently and I just kind of had this epiphany where I'm like, I can't take my life because what are my younger siblings going to do without me? Mm-hmm. And they needed me. I just saw them in a different way and saw myself in a different way. Um And so that was a moment that I remember very clearly on when I was, I was like so close down, like it was going to be over. And if my brother hadn't come home, I don't know what would have happened, but I remember being so low and being so hopeless. And so I know what it's like to be there. And it's very, it's very challenging to just talk someone off. You know, many of us probably know people that are, that have been suicidal or that are struggling with suicidal ideations. And sometimes a conversation with a loved one and trying to talk them out of it isn't really enough. And I think professional help is sometimes really necessary for that.
0: It's definitely necessary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think the thing that you touched on is one of the things that we pay attention to when we're assessing for someone who may be suicidal or has indicated that they are suicidal is a sign of hope. And usually once, when someone has a sign of hope, something that they're looking forward to, the smallest thing that they might be looking forward to, that's the thing that you get them to focus on, right? And, and so When we think about shifting the conversation to away from suicide to building up hope, I think that's the piece that is that's that's literally what saves people is that hope. And that small little thing can start to add to and build up resilience. And so when you think about where you were then in that moment, Mm -hmm. and that was, and as you're sharing that, like, I can tell that that was like a really, really tough moment, right? Mm -hmm. But you found that hope. And so talk to me about how did you get to where you are now? Like, how did you build up that resilience muscle
1: so I I don't know Dom let me know if this makes sense but I think that there were so many instances in life where there's a quote that says you don't know how strong you are until being strong is the only option and I think that I was sometimes in life just forced to be resilient because I I remember growing up in church I, I always heard that if you commit suicide you're gonna go to hell And whether it's true or not, that hearing that for me scared me. And so oftentimes when I did feel suicidal, I didn't do it because I was like, damn, I don't want to go to hell. Right. Now, that last time I told you about when I was 18, I didn't really care at that point. I was like, I'm just over this. Life is too hard. I don't think that I'm just trying to think of like resilience. I think that I was sort of sort of forced to become resilient and bounce Mm -hmm. back because I didn't have a choice like that's what I saw people around me doing that's what my dad did when you know my mom went away and he had to just figure it out and my sister and I had to change diapers and we had to like help raise the kids I mean we just we just kept it moving and it was like all right this is what we do I guess and so I think a lot of it came from that and so I was able to build that muscle so now in life when things happen I'm able to just bounce back because of the past experiences. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise in some ways. So you were,
0: okay, so you were forced to, Mm -hmm. but in that moment when you were forced to, what was that like?
1: Um, I mean, I'm trying to remember, I'm thinking back to being a kid, like being, eight and nine and having to help out with my little sister who was like a brand new baby and all that. And I don't really remember back then. I think for me, there was a lot. Kids are resilient, right? I feel like kids are resilient by nature, right? And even animals in some cases, like they're just resilient by nature. And I think just, I don't know, it just was then. But I think now as an adult, when things happen, I am sort of programmed to bounce back. It doesn't always happen as net. Like it doesn't always happen the way that it did before because life hits you differently, right? And so different mm-hmm. things happen. And so I think for me, oftentimes it's, I give myself space and time to process like what happened? How do I feel? Where am I at? You know, what's coming up for me? I do all that. And then I'm in a- action plan mode. Okay. What are we going to do? Like how are we going to overcome? What is the plan? Cause I, I don't like to be down for too long. So I don't know if that answers the question, but. Kind of. What are you trying to get at?
0: So when you so you're saying like you bounce back and you just keep going. Mm -hmm. Right. What what does that what does that really look like? Mm -hmm. So as an adult, does that look like, well, I'm going to get up and I'm going to show up at work Even though I feel like a mess on the inside, I might even look a mess on the outside, Mm. but I'm going to show up and I'm going to keep showing up until each day gets a little bit easier. Or does that mean that you're going to take some time and you're going to give yourself a mental health day or two or three, pull yourself together, meaning like maybe you spend some time journaling, maybe you spend some time crying, you know, you just spend some time with self. And then you get up when you feel like you've got it all out, you get up and go back to your norm.
1: Okay, there's a lot there. And I think you hit the nail on the head with some of that. But what I'll say is one thing I notice is that oftentimes there's a higher vision that I'm holding for myself that motivates me to continue to go. So even though so I like to I like to think of it as a journey, like we're on the freeway, right? I'm in my car. Mm -hmm. An obstacle gets in the way and we'll talk about this year because I didn't face a great amount of obstacles to talk about right now. So let's talk about the infertility struggles, which we talked about on one of our last episodes, lady in season three. So the infertility struggles, right? That was one thing. Then right after that, it was okay, got pregnant, then had a miscarriage. And then right after that, a month later, my grandmother, who's like my mom, she's been like my everything, you know, the greatest maternal influence in my life. She passes away. I'm like, what the fuck? And so in those situations, it was so fucking hard. It was so hard to go through all of that back to back. And I think some of the keys for me were like giving myself space, like for me, resilient. And people say this to me a lot because I've had a very, very challenging life that has blessed me with great opportunities to grow and forgive. And like, God damn, you know what I mean? Like it's been tough. And
0: that's resilience right there. Right. So. You just displayed it (laughs) as you were sitting here talking about all of these trials and tribulations and traumas and stress that you have been through all of this hard shit. Right. And you viewed it from such, you framed it from such a positive perspective. You said, I've been through some shit, Mm -hmm. but it allowed me to grow. That's resilience to be able to acknowledge that. Yeah, I've been through some fucked up shit in life. Mm -hmm. Some of this trauma could have taken me out. And at times maybe it has taken me Mm -hmm. out. But I'm using
1: this all as opportunities to grow. I would even add on to that saying it's about the perspective. Sometimes you don't get the perspective right away because I ain't even go front. Right. Like, when, like I'm in yeah. the, when I'm in the shit all the time, I don't have that perspective. But I think it's the perspective at some point, like we get it at some point. And then also the action, like what are you going to do? And so I think about that analogy. You know, we're on the freeway. You, you face an obstacle. It's OK to pull over on the side of the road and give yourself a fucking break. And I think sometimes we don't do that. We feel like, oh, I got to be go, go, go. And people often say to me like, oh, you're so strong. And I I understand what they're saying. And I appreciate, I think it's a very nice gesture. But sometimes, sometimes a bitch don't feel like being strong. Okay. Like sometimes I'm like over the strong shit. Okay. Like I just want to be a human and be fucking weak. And I'm like very, I just want to cry. I just want to be, you know, I don't want to have to be everything to everybody. I have to be the adult in a lot of these situations because I never had a chance to kind of like you know, really be a child in in childhood. So sometimes it's like, okay, thanks, but I don't want to always be strong. And so I think it's all about pulling over on the side of the road and regrouping. So for me, that looked like, you know, with the miscarriage and my grandmother and all that, it looked like me taking personal days from work, talking to my manager, saying I need help. Like, I don't have a problem with that today. I used to feel like, oh, I'm going to be a burden on people. But today I'm like, I need help, y'all, okay? A about to go crazy over here, like help me out, give me some support. Like I'm okay saying what I need and advocating for those needs. So I think that's important. And then also, what is that vision? Like, what is that vision that you have that you're, you know, sometimes we're we're afraid to tell people because it's so big and it's so scary and maybe we don't know how people are going to take it. Like, what is that vision? What's that vision that you are, that you think about before going to sleep at night? You're like, oh damn, I really wish. I really wish one day, you know, I could have my own business or I could write my book or I could have my own practice. or I could get this degree or I could have that family or have that love, whatever that vision is. I think not losing sight of the vision. So when things happened over the course of this journey over the course of these past hard ass months, I had that vision. And I was like, all right, vision, I see you. I see you in the GPS as I'm in the whip, but I got to pull this bad boy over and I got to take a little break. Cause your girl got to get some gas. I got to refuel. I got to refresh. I got to do all this. And so that's part of it. But also sometimes you got to call AAA. Like I've had to call my support system, whether it's my therapist or my coach or the people in my corner. Like that all helps. I, I would be, I would be a silly person to say that this journey of me going through all of these situations in life. I'm writing my book, so I'll be able to talk about all of that there. But I would be silly to say that it was a, oh, a one woman story, like I'm my own, you know, entity. Like you did yeah. this all by no, yourself. It's definitely been a village of whether it's like a stranger on the street, like I've met people in different situations in life that have inspired me. So whether it's like someone just letting me know, like I see you, like I see all that you're going through and I see some greatness here. And I'm like, oh, child, I needed that today. So whatever it might be, but I think it all boils down to what is the vision that you have for yourself? Or if you don't have the vision yet, What kind of life do you want to lead, right? Or what kind of life don't you want to lead so that can inspire you to keep on pushing to get to somewhere where you are happy or whatever that might be? So I think that that's kind of what it boils down to for me.
0: Yeah, and I think there were lots of nuggets Mm -hmm. in there, right? Of how to build that resilience muscle. So the asking for help piece, that goes back to, our quote of the day from mm-hmm. from Barack Obama, "It that is a sign of strength right there yes. to ask for help. Mm-hmm. As black women, we have been socialized to
1: think that we got to do it all for everybody. And people have depended on us to be that person, too. Like even from young kids, you know, oh, I'm trained up to serve everybody in the family. I'm serving the men. I'm serving the kids, serving everybody. And it's like, well, when are you going to serve yourself?
0: And you cannot serve, your, serve anyone else if you have not served yourself first. I always use this analogy of like being on the airplane and they tell you put your own oxygen mask on first before you assist anybody else. So you have to pour into you before you can take care of anybody else. And so when we think about how do we really tap into that resilience? Because all of us got that bounce back. Yes. It is in all of us. That's right. And so, lady, if you're sitting at home right now and you're like, man, shit is rough and I don't know know that you do have that bounce back and you can make that decision right now to say, I'm going to bounce back. I'm about to, and right now in my head, I'm cueing that juvenile song oh. called Bounce Back. Oh, <laughs> and, and so even like little things like that, like having like a little theme song playing in your head of what you can do
1: to mo- keep moving forward. And the other thing I want to add on to that, like, I, let's be real, right? Because sometimes people have these conversations about the flowery, oh, just be positive and oh, we're just going to be motivational. And sometimes, so not, like, I have been, no, because like, <laughs> no, people, people talk about it, because people talk about it in this, like, fluffy, like, oh my God, you just got to believe in yourself. And it's like, no, that's but sometimes, like, let me just be real. Like, can we just be real for a second? Like, I know what it's like to be like, I want to be, I, I'm, this bitch, like it is fucking hard. Okay, I know what it's like to 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 have the vision, but to lose that shit because life didn't happen and and shit that you never expected to even happen has happened in your life, and you're just like, how did I get here? Why am I here? I'm tired. Like I have more month than money. Like I feel like thrown in the towel. Like, let's let's not make this glamorous because it always it isn't always glamorous, right? Right. Sometimes you get down to the to the bottom, and you are at your lowest, and that's real, and that is like what many of us experience. And I think in those situations, what I found was so helpful is community. And so if you're lonely, I I know we had some women reach out to us that are like in the Midwest and they don't have people around them. If you can tap into an online community, a great church, some kind of like Toastmasters, I mean, some kind of community with positive people. What I realized for me, like church has been very important to me in my life you know, because I grew up in church and I have so many great mentors and and advisors in church that have helped me. But sometimes you have to lean on other people for the vision. So sometimes it's like you got to take off your 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 shades or your glasses because they're so fogged up. They're so filled with all the shit you've been going through. And you have to put on someone else's glasses that sees the vision for you. And I know for me, my pastors and what I call my spiritual parents, that there was a time in my life where they saw a vision in me, I couldn't see it for myself. I didn't see me being a speaker and and writing books and I didn't have confidence to do a lot of this stuff. And so I had to go to people that, they saw something in me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to just tie my, what is it? Put, you know, tie my caboose onto your train and I'm going to just ride with you because you seem to be going in the right direction and you see a vision for me and I'm going to just keep on rocking with you until I can really see that vision for myself. So that's something I noticed. But also if you are in a space where you're at your lowest, try to give back. Like if you can give back to other people and if you can try to volunteer, um, there are so many places you can volunteer, try to volunteer because when you're going through, Oftentimes when you help someone else, it allows you to shift perspectives, especially if you're helping people that are less fortunate than you. It allows you to put your situation in perspective and you can find some joy in the midst of the pain that you might be going through. So helping other people, also putting on the shades of someone else that can see a bigger vision that you may not be able to access at the moment. Like those two, I think, have been so instrumental for me.
0: I think I go back to when you were saying like when you're at your lowest point. Hmm. And I think the thing for us to remember is that sometimes when we're at our lowest point, it's hard to see above that, right? And the thing for us to always remember is that everything is surmountable, right? No matter how tough the problem is, there is help. It may not be the help that we envisioned, may not be what we wanted, may not even feel good when it's happening, but there is always help. And it's about remembering that you don't have to stay at the bottom. You keep your eye on that bigger goal, that bigger vision, and remind
1: yourself that you're moving up. Nadam, I don't want to forget this. So one thing I want to share this Les Brown quote, and I want to go back to what you said about perspective and how mm-hmm. like you were like, that's resilience right there. So if I forget, remind me so I don't forget. So the first quote, Les Brown, one of my favorite motivational speakers, he says, if you can, if you can look up, you can get up. And sometimes when we fall, try to fall on your back. Because if you can look up and you can see the vision, you might be at the lowest, but sometimes, and again, we may not be able to see this when we're in the lowest, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. And so if you are at your lowest, one good thing about that is, well, goddamn, I can't get any lower than this, okay? So we know like I'm at rock bottom. I can't get any lower. So everything else from here is gonna be up. So that's that's one way to look at it, right? The silver lining. But one thing you said was about you said something about perspective and how, you know, you were like the way you think about the situation, like your perspective, that's that's resilience in and of itself, mm-hmm. just having being grateful for those challenges. And now finally I'm able to look at a lot of the adversity that I've experienced and I really am genuinely grateful. Like I'm grateful for my my dysfunctional and abusive childhood because it made me a very sensitive person, right? And I have been able to just develop certain qualities that we can't get on the store at the shelf, right? You can't get this at Gucci right here. You can't get this at Walmart. You can't get it at Harvard or Duke. Like you can't get it at like gaining a degree, right? This is stuff that life experience teaches you. And so I feel so grateful to have compassion for other people, humility. I mean, when you are homeless and you live in a one bedroom shelter with a family of seven, that that's pretty humble, right? It's like right. from there, like I remember where I came from. And so no matter where yeah. I live, if I live in a million dollar house, you know, at this point in my journey, it's like, I remember where I came from. And so that humility, is always going to stick with me because I value that. And so I think that if we can in those dark moments, just know that it's going to get better. Like we have so much power in our mind. And that's what I realized. I I remember being in a one bedroom shelter and having a vision. I would write in my journal. I see myself speaking and writing books. And the only reason I believed it is because my pastor used to always have this mantra. And he said, Somewhere in your future, you're doing much better than you're doing right now. And I said, well, goddamn, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to believe it because it made me feel good and it gave me hope. And so I began to write down those visions. So wherever you are in your life right now, write that vision out. I don't care if it doesn't look like you can't achieve it. I don't care what the people around you are saying. Write that vision out. I remember when I used to clean mansions with my mentor back when I was in I think I was in high school at the time. And this one guy had like a Maserati. I think I told you this time. He had like a Maserati, an elevator, and they had so much wealth. And I came from this poverty-stricken background. And it inspired me to, to be able to live beyond what I was living then because I saw this. And so no matter where we are today, like we have to remember that we are not defined by where we are in our journey. It's about what is the vision we see for ourselves? What vision are we holding? And what are we believing? Because if we believe it,
0: anything is possible. Exactly. Anything, Anything is possible. Is possible. And one of the things, the last things that I want us to really remember is to take care of ourselves. And we mentioned it earlier, but I really want to stress this point that it is okay, one, for us to not be okay. Mm-hmm. That there On this journey, there are going to be times where we're at bottom and it's okay for us to say, this shit sucks. I'm having a hard time. And then doing the things that you need to do to care for self. So whether that's reaching out to your support system, whether that's volunteering, getting the help of a, a mental health provider, seeking the community that you mentioned, Whatever it is, whatever the healthy behavior is that you need to engage in to take care of yourself, know that it is okay to do that. And it's beyond okay. It is necessary to make sure that you are doing the things to nurture you. Because what happens is, is the more we nurture ourselves, The more we pour into ourselves, the easier it is for us to bounce back. Mm -hmm. So as you were talking about all the things that you've been through this year, right? Part of how you've been able to bounce back, and I've been a witness to it. Mm. Part of how you've been able to bounce back is because you have made it a priority to pour into yourself. You have said, "Okay, I know that that shit was hard. I'm gonna take the time that I need. I'm gonna identify what works for me. It might not work for other people. There you go. But I'm gonna identify the things that work for me. And I'm gonna make doing those things a priority for myself. And that's how you've been able to constantly bounce back.
1: And I will say, like, I don't take that for granted. I think that's a part of the humility piece as well, where like I don't take my mental health for granted. I don't think that, because I remember I used to say this, like, oh. When I was suicidal, I made a promise to myself never to get to that place. And I did at that point, but then life still got harder. And mm-hmm. there were times where I was like, well, goddamn, it might be easier to just not be here. But I think that realizing that it's a, it's a gift and it isn't something that you should take for granted. Like, I would never say like, oh, I'll never be in the, I'll never be in a dark place again, place again. Or I'll never be suicidal again. We don't know what life's going to throw at us. I am just grateful to have, you know, the mentality I have today. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. And I'd love to share a few complimentary episodes that would go well if you are looking for more after this conversation. So season one, episode eight, we talked about how to find your own self care routine. That's a, that's a definite win. That's a
0: definite
1: Go back and revisit that episode multiple (laughs) times a year. That one's really good. Also, season two, episode nine was called What's Therapy Like Anyway? And that's what we walked through. Like, what is it like to go through therapy? Didn't we like walk through kind of a, a potential session or what that might look like? Yeah.
0: And so I think using that episode to help you kind of figure out like, yeah, what are the questions that my therapist might ask me? What are the things that I should be telling my therapist? Before I like as I'm going through this process and don't be afraid if you are having suicidal thoughts, don't be afraid to share that with your therapist.
1: Yes, don't be shamed because it happens to the best of us and it doesn't define us. It's part of the journey. We're human beings. We live in a very interesting world, right? That causes a lot of these things. And so the last episode I recommend is season three, episode three, which is five tips to help you get back on track and find your passion. This was a really good episode. We got a lot of great feedback from that one where we just give you more insight on how to bounce back, right? How do you do it when you're struggling and you're like, wait, I wasn't supposed to be here. supposed to, this story was supposed to play out differently. That episode will help you get your life. Bounce back. I'm about to bounce Hey. Bounce back. Hey, get it, get it. <laughs> Anything else we should touch on, Dom? Bounce back. That's bounce all back. I got. Just bounce back. Bounce back, bounce back. And be
0: gentle with yourself as always. Because that bounce could be soft, could be hard. Whatever you need, bounce back. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help,
1: at herspacepodcast, or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I know that everything is working out for my good, even when things don't go as planned.
0: We'll see you next week, lady.